We're going to continue our study of uh, 1 John this morning. If you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 15 today. And John is going to challenge us today. Let me ask you this question, is there ever enough? Is there ever enough? Because in our society, there's never enough, right? We, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough time. Our relationships are never close enough or romantic enough. Our, our stuff is, is never new enough or powerful enough or efficient enough. Or There's never enough, right? We live in this consumer society that says that there's never enough. And John is going to challenge that for us today. He's going to challenge our priorities. C.S. Lewis, if you haven't read The Screwtape Letters, it's a really good book. And uh, <clears throat> the, the, the premise of the book is this older demon telling a newer, younger demon how, how to work this. And this is what the older demon said to the younger. He said, if men become Christians at all, what we need to do is keep them in the state of mind of Christianity and... Christianity and. See, what we do, because we can never have enough, what we do is we, we don't come to Christ and reprioritize everything. We come to Christ and add Him to the stuff we're already doing. John's going to challenge us on that today. He's going to tell us today that there is such thing as enough, that there is a different priority. So let's read 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 15. And uh, it, it will be up here behind me. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions or the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lusts and is passing away. But the one who's, who does the will of God remains forever. So <clears throat> the first thing we should, we should notice here about this verse, he, he uses the word that, that John uses for love. Now, I've mentioned this before, but Greek has many words for love. Uh, phileo is, is brotherly love. Eros is, is romantic love. Agape is the word used here. Now, you've probably heard this before. Agape is this, this totally different kind of love. And in fact, some have said that only God has agape love. But it, it, that really doesn't hold the Scripture because Scripture shows us several times where we're told to love one another, and it's agape love. So <clears throat> what agape love is, is this is a love that is called up from the heart because of how precious the, the person or thing is that's loved. The preciousness of what is being loved. So this is a love that, that is called up out of the heart as a response to love. That's what agape love is. And, and, it, and so John tells us not to have that for the world. The amazing part we can't miss here is that's the love God has for us. You are so precious to God that, he ha that it calls up love out of his heart. He proved that, didn't he, in the cross. He proved that by sending Jesus to, to a, this ball of dust to run around with sinners and blasphemers like you and I and die for them on a cross. 
that, so he showed his, this love. This love calls up, is called up out of the heart because of how precious you are to God. Kind of an amazing thought to think. And so John is saying, don't consider this world so precious that it calls up this kind of love out of your heart. John is telling us there is such a thing as enough is enough. There is such a thing as enough is enough. Now, <clears throat> the next word do I want to look at is world. When he talks about this world, he's not talking about, this is not the, 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 uh, the word for earth. This is the word for, a, that we, in fact, we get cosmos from this word. This is the, the world system. It's not the earth. It's not the dirt and trees and mountains. The things we love, right? That's why we live here. That's, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about this world system, this cosmos that we live in. And this world system is against God. It's against God. It tells you that there's no such thing as enough, right? You can't even watch, you, if, you're, if you watch sports on TV, you'll, you'll be watching a sports game, and then you'll find out that you're not actually having any fun because you're not drinking this drink while you, while you watch it. You're not eating this snack while you watch it. You're not wearing these clothes while you watch it. Because you, so you can't possibly be fulfilled because you're not, you don't have all the right stuff. That's what this world says. This world is against God. This world, this world system has kicked God out of school. It's kicked the Ten Commandments out of the judicial system. It, it, has, it is against God. And so John is saying we cannot have a love that, that calls up, that's called up out of our hearts uh, as, because this world is so precious. This world system is so precious because this world system is opposed to God. And then he continues on. That, and, and our, and our, cons, our consumer society continues on. The car you drive, it can't possibly be new enough or powerful enough or efficient enough or shiny enough, right? You have to have the newest one. And it doesn't matter how, how much stuff you get, you don't have enough yet. You got to have the newer versions of what you used to have. Let's be honest about stuff, because John actually talks about it here. He says, if anyone loves the world, do not love the world or the things in the world, the stuff. Let's be honest about our stuff, okay? Let's just let's be brutally honest. If, you're, if your life is about gathering stuff, what happens to it? We just, we just studied Ecclesiastes, right? What happens to it when you die? It goes to somebody who didn't work for it. Right? That's what Solomon told us. So all the stuff that you worked for for so long goes to your kids. Now, your kids, because they're in this world system, they don't want that old stuff. They want new stuff. So your stuff, what you spent your life working for, is on folding tables in somebody's driveway for pennies on the dollar. That's truth, isn't it? That's truth. We cannot have a love for this world, this world system, and the things of this world system because it goes nowhere and it's opposed to God. And John, actually the grammar of this is telling us to stop loving the world. It's not, he, he isn't actually saying don't start. He's saying stop. He knows we need this reminder. 
You know, the Bible talks about money more than anything else. It, it, is, it, is, it is a constant theme because we can easily make money our God. <clears throat> so John is reminding us, don't, don't continue doing this. Stop doing this. Stop seeing the world as so precious that it calls up this kind of love from your heart because it's against God. What did Jesus say? Jesus said you cannot serve two masters, God and mammon. You'll love one and hate the other. Jesus also said where your treasure is, there your heart will be. John's just following that line of thought that what our priority must be is Christ. It must be Christ. It cannot be the stuff of this world because the stuff of this world passes away. And in fact, he tells us it's passing away. He even tells us this. He says, for, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Now, there, first of all, we should, I, I should mention, when the Bible talks about lust, we, we have a, a sexual connotation to that. Lust is really just an earnest desire. In, in scripture, an earnest desire. So when he, when he talks about this earnest desire of the flesh, the eyes, and possessions or, or pride in life, um, he, he's just talking about an earnest desire, not a sexual thing at all. But it's interesting, these three categories, isn't it? Less of the flesh, less of the eyes, pride of life or pride of possessions. Because we see these throughout scripture. Uh, Genesis 3, 6 then the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, and delightful to look at, lust of the eyes, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom, pride of life or pride of possessions. When Jesus is, is tempted in the, uh, in the wilderness, we see the same three. Turn the stones into bread, lust of the flesh, he's hungry. Turn, jump from the top of the temple to show he's God, pride of life. Or skip the cross, bow down to, to Satan, and, and become God of this world, the, the, the lust of the eyes. We see these constantly throughout Scripture now. But I, but I want to tell you that John is not giving them to us so that we can neatly categorize our sin. You're not supposed to go home and make a, a, a chart out of this and then figure out what your sin, what sin goes under what category. That's not the point. The point that John's making is the totality of this world system that is against God. All of these earnest desires are not from God. They're from this world. That's what he tells us. So, and this world, he tells us, is being made to pass away. That it, it says it's passing away, but, it, but it's in, that the grammar tells us that, that this world is being made to pass away. God is doing this work. He is making this world system pass away. He's making it go. So how do we live? How, do we, how then do we live? Winston Churchill said, We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. I think that's what John's telling us, that we need to prioritize Christ, that we need to be living a life that makes eternal difference, not temporal stuff. 
It isn't about filling your garage. It's about filling someone else's heart. It's about living an eternal perspective life. I think that's what he's telling us. So that means we have to sell everything, right? We have to sell everything and live in tents because that's the only godly thing to do. Here's the problem with that line of thought. Are you automatically more godly if you're poor? Are you automatically less godly if you're rich? So it isn't about the possessions. It's not about the stuff. It isn't about what you have. It's about what's in your heart. It's about what you prioritize, what you consider to be most important. Are you going to live a life of just, just chasing what you can get because there's never enough? Or are you going to live a life giving? That's what John is challenging us to. He's challenged us to walk as Jesus walked. Do you remember that from, from the earlier in the chapter? He told us to walk as Jesus walked. Did Jesus gather possessions? Did Jesus have a garage full of stuff? He didn't. What he did was give. He gave. He lived a life of giving. That's the life John calls us to here. He tells us to prioritize giving. Prioritize Christ, because that will change all of your other priorities. Jesus himself said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. Jesus first. Jesus first. Have you put Jesus first? We saw today, Douglas gave us a picture of what happens when you have decided your old life is dead and your new life is in Christ. He gave us a picture of that today. We got to be a part of that today. That should be happening in your heart. It should be about what you can give, who you can invest in, not what you can gather and put in your garage. John challenges us to live a life that gives, to live a life not focused on this world, the stuff of this world, this world system, because all of that is opposed to God. Christ first. Christ is a priority. That's what John tells us. So I'm going to ask you, do you have Christ as, as first in your life? Is Christ number one in your life? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Because you don't need to tell me. You need to tell him. This is between you and God. And between you and God, decide right now. Are you going to chase stuff? Stuff that will end up on folding tables in somebody's driveway for pennies on the dollar. Or are you going to chase Christ and have eternal reward and eternal investment in somebody else's life? The choice is yours. Do you know Christ this morning? You can't put Christ first if you don't know him. Do you know him this morning? You can. It's a simple prayer. You can follow along with me in your own words. I say, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. 
but I trust that Jesus died on the cross to save me. He died on the cross to pay my price. So I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to fill me with, with your spirit that I might truly give. That I might give my life away rather than spend a life getting. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor. This morning, you, maybe you know Christ, but if you look back over the last couple of weeks, it hasn't been about him. It's been about you and your stuff. Will you take this moment to correct that with God? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for the reminder that this love is called up in your heart because we are so precious to you. Keep us mindful that that this world is against you and that we need to live a life, not of getting, but of giving. Keep us mindful. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.